Hi there, this is Pastor Tim. I'm the minister at Eastside Church. We are a United Methodist congregation in East Atlanta Village. We seek to be creative, historic, and inclusive. And we are thrilled that you found our podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church community, you can visit us at www.eastsideatl.org. Well, good morning, friends, Eastside Church. It is a joy to be with you, even if in this sort of alternative arrangement. We're actually pre-recording this morning because some folks in my home woke up with some sniffles and some scratchy throats, and until those folks get tested and are in the clear, we want to make sure that we're not passing anything along. So I am pre-recording the sermon this morning here in the office area for you all, and it's not a lot of time left before service starts, so I'm going to be moving a little bit quickly this morning, so if you're the note-taking type or the following-along type, you may need to write a little bit faster than usual. We're going to be looking at the lectionary passage from 1 Kings this morning, and it is the story of, of David, King David having recently handed the mantle of leadership over to his son Solomon. And then this really fascinating thing unfolds with Solomon and God in this morning's reading. So as I read, friends, I invite you to embrace a posture that is, for you, allows you to receive the words of sacred scripture. And if you're in the building with us this morning, I invite you to stand in body if you're able. And now, friends, I invite you to listen to the word of God from First Kings. It begins, the lecture begins in chapter 2 and then jumps over to chapter 3. Then David was laid with his ancestors and was buried in the city of David. The time that David reigned over Israel was 40 years. He reigned for seven years in Hebron and 33 years in Jerusalem. So Solomon sat on the throne of his father David, and his kingdom was firmly established. Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of his father David, only he sacrificed and offered incense at the high places. The king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the principal high place. Solomon used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I should give you. Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, my father David, because he walked with you in faithfulness and righteousness and in the uprightness of his heart towards you, and you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne today. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in, my, in place of my father David, although... I am only a little child. I don't know how to come in or go out. And your servant is in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, this great people, so numerous, they can't be numbered or counted. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil. For who can govern so great a people? Please the Lord that Solomon asked this. God said to them, God said to him, because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself 
a long life or riches or for the life of your enemies, but you have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. I now do according to your word. Indeed, I give you, I give you a wise and discerning mind. You will have one like no one before you and no one after you. I give you also what you have not asked, both the riches and honor all your life. No other king shall compare with you. If you will walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your life. And then Solomon awoke. It had been a dream. He came to Jerusalem where he stood before the Ark of the Covenant. He offered up burnt offerings and offerings of well-being, and he provided a feast for his servants. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, may the words of my mouth and the collective meditations of our hearts yet again be found right, pleasing, and acceptable in your sight. God, our rock, God, our redeemer, God, our savior. All of this we ask in the strong name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. So friends, I really, I really appreciate this story of King Solomon with God. I think it's fascinating for all kinds of reasons, not least of which is that Solomon is sort of a quintessential leader of the ancient Hebrew Jewish tradition and world. Solomon is a really big deal, historically speaking, in light of our Jewish roots. And this, this person of Solomon, we get to kind of peer back and see him as a young leader and see this moment that he has in this sort of strange, mystical dream experience with God. We're told that he goes to this high place and he offers thousand offerings of worship and maybe he's up there for so long that, that he, he falls into a deep sleep and there God comes and finds him. Maybe Solomon sort of has, has God drawing to him because of, of, of all of these sacrifices. Maybe God is, is curious about Solomon or maybe because God knows that Solomon is now to be the king of the covenant people. God visits him and and the visit's fascinating because essentially God asks Solomon this question, what can I give you? Which, which I think you could read really like materially if you wanted to, but I think you could also hear it like God coming to Solomon, the new leader of Israel, saying, how can I help you? What do you need, Solomon? You're the new king. You're following the footsteps of David. What, what do you need? How can I help? Is this a scene of a benevolent God meeting a new leader of God's people and seeking to offer divine service to empower him? And what's fascinating in this discourse between God and Solomon in this dream is that we're told that Solomon does this really remarkable thing for a leader to do. I think in the ancient world, or maybe even more in our world today, I don't know, but like, he offers to God like these words of 
of massive insecurity and self-doubt and questioning. He says to God, I'm like a child on this throne. Here I am stepping on the, the coattails of my father and I have no experience leading a nation, let alone your nation, God, the people of Israel. I'm, a, I'm like a child. Solomon, at the beginning of this text, in response to God's offering to help him, is vulnerable, and he's humble, and he's not proud and arrogant. He, he comes to God sort of with a right-sized view of himself. It would be really easy, probably, for Solomon to have a really puffed-up sense of importance, being the king's son in line, the heir to the throne. But Solomon, probably having watched his father for years and years, as the king has a very realistic view of this job. It's a hard job and it requires a lot of nuance and discernment. And you have to make really hard decisions, sometimes between rocks and hard places. And sometimes nobody wins in, in the ways that kings have to rule. Very, very often leaders of nations or of peoples or of groups or of large organizations fill in the blank. Decisions can be really challenging, and, 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 but, but, but the same can be true in, in individual lives. Maybe you're a school teacher, or maybe you practice law or medicine. Maybe you stay at home with your children. And there's innumerable moments where we're not sure, do we turn right here, do we turn left here? What's the right way to respond to this? Should I be proactive over here? Should I be a little bit more responsive over here? parenting, to our work lives, to our friendships, to just a world that's been turned on its head through COVID. A little wisdom and a little discernment right now for all of us, whatever role we find ourselves in, I think could go a long way. And Solomon in our text this morning, he's humble enough to come before God and say, I don't have a clue. I don't know what I'm doing. I need help. Now here's what I think is interesting about Solomon. Solomon is a king of the ancient world, and if you know much about kings of the ancient world, they tend to be rather violent people, and they tend to do a lot of war and battle, and I think sometimes what can happen is leaders who have insecurities don't want to show those insecurities to anyone because they don't want that insecurity to create vulnerability for an enemy to be able to, to, to attack or to hurt them. So, so often what kings in the ancient world would do is kind of double down on power and might and army and battle and sword, etc., etc. But Solomon doesn't do that. He could have asked God to defeat all of his enemies. God actually says such. Could have asked God for the biggest and most powerful military in, in the world. He doesn't. He could have asked for the might, right, to make up for his insecurities so that he, even if he does wind up being a bad leader and a terrible diplomat and not good at speaking with other dignitaries and world people and gets Israel into multiple wars, at least they've got this giant stockpile, this military that can be anybody who comes to head with them. Solomon could have tried to shore up his insecurities by asking God to give him more power. But he doesn't. Which is really remarkable 
for a king of that time to be offered this and to respond in the way that he does. Now, what does Solomon ask for? He asks for wisdom. He asks for discernment. He's honest with God and says, this, this is going to be a hard, a hard role for me. I have no experience. I've only watched my father, who was beloved by the people, but even my father had his huge issues. Hence, my mother Bathsheba, and the way that whole story played out. Solomon comes to this position wide-eyed and humble and, and seemingly feeling a little bit insufficient. And instead of asking for more power, for more war-wielding agents, he asks for wisdom. And if you know much about wisdom in the ancient Jewish tradition, you know that it's not just knowledge or data or intellect. It's not just life experience. Wisdom has kind of its own being. It's, it's like a part of God. And I think it's in the Wisdom of Solomon, one of the deuterocanonical Deuter books, where wisdom is described as being the, the breath that comes off the lips of the mouth of God when God speaks creation into existence. So this idea that wisdom is not like just knowledge or flat or something, but it's this living, vibrant, dynamic reality that, that was with the Creator at the foundations of the world and now can be bestowed and given and offered to us, to humans, to transform the way that we live, think, move, breathe, behave, experience the world around us. There's a dynamism, not dynamite. He said no to that. There's a dynamism to wisdom as portrayed in the Hebrew Scriptures. It's alive and it speaks and it's drawing and beckoning and, and moving. It, it almost works like a rabbi with those it invited into its life. Wisdom is, is almost this like rabbinic figure in the life of those who invite it into them to teach them, to train them. For what? Most simply to, to, to embody the mind of God. The wisdom of God would be teach me to think like you, God. Transform me so that my patterns of thought transform my patterns of behavior and transform the ways that I do everything. The wisdom of God imparted to a human, that would be essentially inviting the way of God into your being, into your way of thinking, into your way of seeing. Solomon is asking for the mind of God, the heart of God, the wisdom, the Sophia in the Greek, to be imparted to him. Because he knows he needs help. I'm but a child filling these kingly shoes. And God is pleased by Solomon's request, which I think is really beautiful. God is impressed by Solomon. Maybe he's a little surprised. God has seen every king who's ever lived, ever reigned. God has Maybe God's offered this to other kings before in the past that we don't know about. I don't know. But God seems to be a bit taken back by this request. And God is joy joyful because Solomon is not asking for more of the created stuff, right? More of, of, of power within the created order. No, Solomon's saying, God, raise me up. Raise up my mind, my way of thinking, my way of seeing in, un in union with your way of seeing and being. Transform my thinking, my experience of 
the world so that when it comes time for me to make these challenging decisions, I can see them through your eyes, not through my human-centric eyes. What does it look like to see the world through the eyes of God? That's what Solomon's asking for. Give me your wisdom, God. Because I, I know that, that if I embody your wisdom, God, that will change everything. It'll change the kind of leader I am, the kind of human I am. And because of time this morning and the circumstances surrounding the way that we're delivering the sermon, I'm just going to cut to this thought. I think the call for us is to, to embody Solomon's humility in the way that we, we are in the world and to be willing to do as Solomon does as an ancient king in an ancient war-mongering world vulnerable before his God? Are we willing to offer ourselves in vulnerability and humility to our God and to say, God, it's hard. Life is tough, and these decisions are wildly difficult. Right, left, straight, up or down. I need some help. I feel like a child in an adult's body sometimes, God. Are we willing to go before God and offer ourselves in humility and in vulnerability, and in so doing, then inviting God's help. That's what we need. That's what Solomon knew he needed. That's what I know I need. I need the wisdom of God. I need this living dynamism, this power in me, guiding my heart and my minds, my decisions, my way of being. So Eastside Church, may we be a people who, like Solomon, are willing to humble ourselves, to be vulnerable before God, and to pray, to ask God for help, Ask God to make that help come to us in the form of God's wisdom, of God's dynamic way of thinking and being and creating in us and through us. Maybe so in the name of God, the creator, the sustainer, and the redeemer. Amen and amen. Well, we hope that you've enjoyed this week's message, and we look forward to seeing you soon. If you listen from afar and you would like to support the work that we are doing in East Atlanta and on Atlanta's east side, you can visit our website, www.eastsideatl.org, and find our giving portal there.